You are listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at one of us.net at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Disney is back with their latest big animated film, and if this were different times, we wouldn't be watching it at home. In fact, Ryan the Last Dragon is in fact playing in theaters, very limited theaters, because there's quite a few theaters out there that are still refusing to accept that things have actually changed. In fact, one of the big things where people were saying, uh-oh, maybe this isn't such a good movie, because it had kind of a low opening weekend... Well, that's because several chains said, go fuck yourself. If you're letting people buy it for streaming on their televisions, we're not going to pick it up. So that annoying bullshit is still going on. Like the fact that Tom and Jerry outpaced it says nothing about the quality of these two movies. Because whereas Tom and Jerry is largely reported to be not great, Raya and the Last Dragon, aside from some... A little bit of a grumbling about some things, uh, politically speaking, socio-politically speaking, which we'll get into later, is overall being regarded as a new, one of the new great Disney films. And I will say myself, I think it's the best thing they've done since Moana. That's me, though. I'm not the only one here. Joining me is Jennifer. Who seconds that opinion, BT-dubs. Hey, everybody. Cool. Alex. I also like this more than Moana. <laughs> I didn't say more than Moana. I said the best movie since Moana. Them's fighting words. Sure. (laughs) And Marco. I'm just happy to get a Disney product that isn't a remake of one of their other movies. I'm so proud. Amen to that. I imagine in 10 years, we'll be reviewing the live action version of Raya the Last (laughs) Dragon. I mean, this is kind of odd for them because it's not even based on a pre-existing IP. In fact, they basically got a team of Asian American writers together to go why don't you guys come up with a story for us (laughs) we've already got the cast the existing ip is the entirety of southeast asia right it's based in southeast asia uh so even disney can't own that but they're working on it (laughs) they could try it's not japan or china that's more like vietnam and the philippines and laos and asia yeah exactly but it's not really either It's based in a fantasy land called Kumandra, which is a sort of mashup of that area of the world in terms of cultural pieces, but it's spread out. So there's not one part of the various nations that are dealt with in it that are like distinctly, oh, well, that's there and that's there because they're all kind of mushed up together, I guess, in order to avoid any sort of cries of, well, how come that country gets to be the good guys and these countries are the bad guys? It's Middle Earth, Southeast Asian version. Exactly. And that- I ship this. That has decidedly upset some people. I've read some interesting thoughts on it, but I I gotta be honest, and this is, I'm not Asian, so I I don't totally have the right for a full comment, but I thought they were kind of 
pushing to look something to be upset about with a film that is really trying hard to be super inclusive in, in multiple ways and was all but entirely created by Asian people. <laughs> so anyway, the story is Kumandra, the prosperous land, but that's doing very well, at least when we see the Heart Tribe and Raya and Chief Benja, they are sort of the leaders of this group. Everyone, all the other tribes who are around who don't really like them because they think because they have this ancient artifact, the, the dragon soul gem, they think that that's why they're doing so well. And they're like, no, that has nothing to do with it. I mean, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. That's never made entirely clear. But the chief is like, well, we are going to invite all the other tribes. And all the other tribes show up and everybody is very suspicious and shit breaks down and what seems like it's going to be a cute friendship between two young girls turns out to be a undercover spy mission to steal the gem the gem is broken chaos breaks out and it goes back to basically what our opening credits told us which was that a long time ago this was a great land until evil big purple spirits formerly known as prince show up and turn people to stone and it took the dragons who got together and used their magic to create this gem to destroy the drun and to make everyone else turn back not to stone. But the thing is, all the dragons turn to stone, except for one, and nobody knows what happened to that dragon, and it may not even be any of this is real. But after all this, Raya's like, well, shit went bad, the Druun come back, everybody's turning to stone. Six years later, she's an apocalypse rider on her giant fucking armadago. I don't know what to call that thing. She has this thing. T- it's that. a teddy bear crossed with a pill bug. Yeah, exactly. It's basically a giant roly-poly. Yeah. And who's adorable. And she's riding across the wasteland, trying to gather all the pieces of the stones together, which are the only protection other than water, because for some reason, these purple things don't like water either. But she's trying to gather all the stones together and find the trail that leads to the first dragon or the last dragon, as in the title. And holy shit, she finds it. And man, we are all so lucky because it turns out it's just Aquafina with badass hair. So that was a Like, plus. is that spoilers? Yeah. Is this spoiler territory well, already? I mean, this is first act, so. But I mean. Yeah. It's first act. I mean, basically, they have to find the Infinity Stones, but they do it in one movie. <laughs> with uh, with roly-poly Appa. And a variety of colorful characters that show up as in each place they go to to get another stone they make another friend who's like fine i'll come along for the voyage so they have you know a fellowship a fellowship of the dragon if you will and that is basically the story of raya and the last dragon starring kelly marie tran as raya which i was very happy about previously she was great mentioned aquafina as sisu which is the dragon a Gemma chan as namari the main enemy who tricked Raya as a child and now they're still nemeses. Daniel Day Kim as Chief Benja who was Raya's father. You've also got in here Benedict Wong, Sandra Oh, Lucille Sung, and Alan Tudyk the only white guy but his literally his only job is to do like grunty noises for Tuk Tuk the, the pill bug teddy bear thing so I don't know if that's a I mean, Which he's so good at. That the one role Alan Tudyk has, they just called it Tuk Tuk. Tuk Tuk, right? That's just basically in the script. It just says the Alan Tudyk role. <laughs> Let's just call Tuk Tuk it. That was the easiest paycheck Alan Tudyk has ever made. <laughs> if you look at his career, a lot of his voice acting work is exactly stuff like that, where his whole job yeah. is to be like a creature that doesn't speak, but just goes. <laughs> That's, he does that a lot. It's nice work if you can get it. Yeah. He's been hanging out with Vin Diesel a lot, apparently. You know? Yeah, right. Oh, I am Groot. 
I am Groot. I would like it very much if he appeared in the Fast and the Furious movies, but that's just me. Anyway. I I take Alan Tudyk in any movie, honestly. That's true. He is great. He is a leaf on the wind, but uh, not to make anyone sad. I don't know, guys. I really, really enjoyed this. And I think partially because I think the animation is some of the best stuff I've literally seen from Disney. I thought it was gorgeous and jaw dropping. And I made me so sad I wasn't watching it in a theater. It's one of the first movies I've seen in a while that really hit home with fuck. This would have been so amazing in a movie theater to see. Right. That water. Finally, finally, a beautiful animated film because I hate Pixar. Really? I Unpopular opinion. Hate the look of Pixar films. Hate them. It's a different the style. The day that they switch to that over the actual, like, beautiful, artistic, like, panel drawings is the day I mourned animated films. And this film Ladies is and amazing. gentlemen, we found our new Johnny Neal. <laughs> well, this is also CG, though, just like that. It's just CG in the style of the previous Disney films. It's just better. Um, you know, whereas the, the Pixar movies under that title tend to be a little more impressionistic maybe is a good like soul is a good example word for it yeah it's a good word for it but uh, i did think this was gorgeous it's photo realistic at points not with the characters of course but with all the everything else and i think it's just a fun story i've certainly heard some criticisms of people say wow we sure don't get much character development from like anyone do we but i don't think that every single time that's absolutely what you need no look at who it's made for it's it's a kid's movie and it wears that on its sleeve. It's never threatening or scary or asks you to do any really deep thinking. And it has a very simple, clear, moral message. And with lots of fun characters who are mostly there because they're some combination of useful and adorable. If I can be the, uh, the, the nerd guy of the room for a minute. So I've been doing a lot, of, um, a lot of talking in my classes about cultural awareness and elements of that in society. And this film to me is the perfect film that we need in today's day and age with all of the US is better than everybody, build a wall, all that crap. Like this is the perfect story for kids of this generation to be like, people are amazing and you should trust them regardless of where they're from because everybody together makes a more dynamic, innovative situation. This movie is my jam. I am here for it. I loved every minute of it. I'm so happy about it. I may have cried two or three times. I did too. I'm fully admit I was may weeping have. openly towards the end. But I, 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 you know, it's funny on the point of what you were just saying. I really thought that they were kind of pushing a little bit, not like hard, but insinuating a little bit that Fang, which is where the main bad guys from, was the United States. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh no, we've got to be the ones who are the po- police of the world who save everybody. It's got to be us. I, I thought it was Gondor. Yeah, but they didn't have any interest in saving everybody else. They just wanted to save themselves. Right. But even towards the end. But I mean, again, again. That's pretty American. We take what we want. We want what we want. Yeah. 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 All right. I see it. It felt like a good allegory for that. But I mean, you know, Disney's got to be super cautious with that shit. But they also want to sell films in China. So. (laughs) This movie definitely would have hit a little different before that winter storm. You think? Yeah. (laughs) There was lots of talk of every man for himself during that bullshit. That's fair. Yeah. During from a few politicians. That's for sure. Yeah, there would have been no Kumandra. <laughs> nope. Look, Ted Cruz broke the dragon stone. He knew he fucked up. <laughs> and then Urquhart took a piece and the PUC took a piece. But, you know, he was going to keep all the pieces because at least he could protect himself, if, even if he couldn't put anybody else back together. 
I just can't oh, imagine goodness. Ted Cruz being competent enough to be a nemesis in a fantasy scenario or any real scenario. And yet he's the one in real life. <laughs> he's the lazy man's Cruella DeVille. Very lazy. Oh, man. He's like, well, I tried to skin a bunch of dogs and I... Well, but none... really, I just left mine at home when I went uh, away during the thing. I just, instead, I just let him freeze to death and then it turns out it was really hard to skin him. My daughters just kept begging for puppies. <laughs> So back to the movie. I do think that this is one of their best things they've done in a while. I keep getting the feeling from you, Marco, that you're not a hundred. You're not there. No, no, I didn't mean that. Uh, I didn't want to give that impression. I had a really good time watching this, and and I hear some of those arguments. Uh, I've seen some online, and there's some valid concerns because you do have each one of these nations, all of which are named after a part of a dragon, are stylistically related to an actual Southeast Asian country. So, you know, one might resemble Vietnam, one might resemble Malaysia, one might resemble Thailand. But the message of the movie is like, look, let's all get together, let's trust one another, and create some kind of pan-Asian fusion. I don't know, but the argument has been that, well, that's really just an argument for creating a monoculture, as opposed to recognizing uh, the merits of each individual culture. I can see it if you're reading it at that level. I guarantee you the average eight-year-old is not reading it at that level. And they're the ones this is made for, and I think they're going to love it. And if it makes some kids more interested in Asian countries or more inclined to uh, view media that has, you know, an Asian element or is from another country, then I think that's a, a good positive. Thing. Now, I, I'll admit, I kind of laughed a little bit at one point until I was like, oh, they're, they're not kidding. With some of that stuff. It reminds me of when our friend uh, Cargill, back when we were on Spill.com, tried to say Happy Feet was just nothing but a socialist manifesto and should be condemned oh. <laughs> as such. And we're like, dude, relax. It's pointed at little kids. You're reading way too much into a film of stuff that's I, just I thought not it there. was an attack on Christianity and all organized religion, if I recall correctly. I would have liked it even more if it, if, if I felt Which that it way. kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but... but. You know, George Miller sneaking that shit in to the kids. I just thought it was the penguin version of like Boogie Nights. <laughs> Regardless of any of the interpretations that some people have of this that may or may not have something to them, I don't honestly feel qualified to really judge, as I said before. But I think this is a deeply enjoyable film and it has a con baby in it. And if you can't yes. just openly love a movie with a con man who is a baby that has like three i don't know what they were supposed to be but monkeys kind of mon for lack They're of monkeys, a better word yeah. well they called them something else because like oh they got six stomachs yeah. i'm like okay those are clearly not monkeys but they basically monkeys like that is like a disney moment that we shall not forget about anytime soon there's a sequence yeah. where they have to break into this castle and they're like on a job you know, like an Ocean's Eleven sequence or something. And I was like, it's I'm a heist so, film in a heist film. I'm so here right. for this. <laughs> Always send the baby in. <laughs> they never see that one coming. And the, the baby with the tray of food. Yeah. Captain Boone reminded me of Nathan. Captain Boone <laughs> reminds you of Nathan? Yeah. Why is that? Does he make spicy shrimp soup? Oh, he's obsessed with cooking. Mad chef skills. He's a, he's a real fast talker. Yeah, it's, uh, Captain Boone is a small 10-year-old who they basically borrow, rent his ship, which is a, a shrimp restaurant, if you will. I guess I could kind of see that. Yeah. It's a floating food trailer. Oh, man. The food in this movie looks delicious. Yeah. Oh, it made me so hungry. The, the water? I drank so many glasses of water during this movie. There's a cosplayer who actually put out a video of how to make the soup. 
like the traditional soup that they make in the movie. I'll have to go find it again, but I shared it on my oh, Bell Bustles looks channel. So good. It looks amazing. I'm still hungry from watching it hours ago when Marco said Pan Asian. I was like, ooh, where? I'm hungry. Let's go to a Pan Asian place. That sounds delicious. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Dang it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> there wasn't a pandemic and we all lived in the same place. We would go meet up after this review for some fucking Asian food. That is for sure. Absolutely. But that's not happening because it could kill us and we all live in different places. So let's go to final thoughts. Alex, get us started. This movie was gorgeous. Like the amount of texture that was put into the visuals is amazing. The story as I mean, as thin as some co complaint it is, I feel kept it from being entirely too long. It was just long enough. And it was great to see so much, you know, Southeast Asian representation and female representation in such a positive and badass light. I'm going to have to give this eight and a half out of ten tuck and roll pill bug dog armadillo things. <laughs> Marco? Yeah, uh, this is definitely a movie I would have much rather seen in a theater, even on my television. It was still gorgeous. It's, there's no denying the artistry that went into it, this movie. On a technical level, it's superb. I mean, we're looking at an obvious Best Animated Feature nomination right off the bat. But you have a great stack cast, which we really haven't talked about enough. Everyone in this is really fantastic, even though they don't always have a whole lot. The one thing all those characters have in common is that they are primarily played by a lot of Asian American actors who you've seen in tons of stuff, but are rarely in one movie together. And I'm totally for it. I think it was a really nice way to represent a variety of Asian cultures. If you want to look at it through a political lens, you will find something to nitpick. But I think if you come at it with an open heart, you're going to just enjoy it and have a good time. And it can be the basis for further discussions if you have children. I don't, so... I don't have to talk to anybody or explain anything to anyone. Uh, so I'm lucky that way. This is a lot of fun and definitely worth checking out. I have to give this eight and a half out of ten cute little bugs with glowing butts that are really actually just glitter bombs. <laughs> Jennifer! The glitter butts made the movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> I said it already. I loved this film. This hit me in the same nostalgia feels as a few different films uh, or series that I've very much love. This hit me in the Princess Mononoke feels mm. with the demon spirits that are really just caused by the malice of mankind being shitty. It hit me in the Fifth Element feels with the, you know, trying to race to save mankind with a holy object that has to bring people together. And then it hit me in the Avatar vibes. Obviously, I already mentioned that. All of those things are very heartwarming and they remind you to care about mankind and to care about people. And I think that that's a message that cannot be given enough these days because of the pandemic, because of America being very insular because of everything going on in the world. We need more stories like this. We need more stories like this for kids. We need more stories that embrace how beautiful and diverse people are, period, regardless of where they're from, socioeconomic status, whatever. We need more unity and we need more be curious and excited about things that you haven't experienced and that you don't know. I'm making my whole thesis around that cultural awareness piece and... This is why. Like, moments like this remind me of the joy of being a human. And I I cannot speak highly enough about this film. It just, it hit me in all the right places. I loved it. It was beautiful. I cried. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I loved it that it was also a heist film. <laughs> I didn't expect that. That was great. 
Yeah, so this is the kind of movie we desperately need today and we don't deserve because we're trash humans. Go watch it. Absolutely go watch it, whether it's at a theater or at home. Wear your mask, your dirty heathens. <laughs> I'm going to give this a 9.5 out of 10 jackfruit jerkies because jackfruit is amazing and highly underrepresented. Isn't that just tofu that grows on trees? <laughs> no, it's it's closer to like mango in texture and it's incredibly sustaining. I've had it where it's dried before though and it was repulsive. I was like, Ugh. But I've also had it where it was dried it. where it was really good. So you yeah. must have had Raya's. It's it's one of the most sustaining foods on the planet. Like yeah. if you had a jackfruit tree in your backyard, you could feed a whole village forever. You can also like it's, it's one of those things that like even though it is sweet, it also absorbs flavors really well. So whatever you like kind of want to make it taste like, you can make it taste like people use it as a meat substitute because mm-hmm. apparently its textures can be if you cook it a certain way, it gets very meaty. So. Oh, so good. Now like I'm said, hungry even tofu more. Tofu on trees. <laughs> yeah. Not like we could get any more hungry, Jennifer. By the way, when I edit this, under you know, the bulk of your final thoughts, I'm going to play. Because it, it felt like a, a political stump speech. I loved it. <laughs> okay. I was wondering where you were going. No, it was very. It was very Retiring immediately. And we Done. all come together and it's all as one. I was like, I love it. Puppies and kitties for everybody i'm with you 100 no no cats and dogs sleeping together because that will never happen and it's wrong and it has happened i know people it happens for and it's beautiful it's wrong it's wrong it's just bad you're wrong <laughs> i am it's true it is adorable. embrace the togetherness chris i do embrace this movie's about i do embrace yeah. the togetherness i cried at the end of this i cried several times i was like no i'm not crying i swear because i'm like yeah we should all come together and this is wildly naive but i don't care i'm really enjoying the thought of the fantasy world where this just worked out hopelessly naive welcome to my life <laughs> i I think this Kumandra is is not restored through real politics. That's for sure. <laughs> I think this is delightful though. I mean, it is, it's definitely like, I mean, there's a point you've got to be able to say, especially with like a Disney cartoon, this wasn't pointed at you to make some sort of grand political analysis of this is for kids and it has a good message. And why not just enjoy it based on, no, not you, Jennifer. Sorry. No. <laughs> Jesus. I meant like the people going, trying to like, looks too deeply into it. I'm like, it's not pointed at you. Like, and really, is there anything wrong necessarily like for the kids who this is pointed at? The message is delightful and just what we need right now. And it is delightful to see all these different things that kids are going to go. What is that? That are based on things from a variety of different cultures. And they're going to go, what is that? And then maybe they can actually go to that Vietnamese restaurant. They've been wanting to go, but can't because the kids only eat chicken nuggets. You know, saying that's not such a bad thing. I'm all for giving kids really spicy food. Get them used to it early. Set their little mouths on fire. Serves them right. I knew a kid growing up who loved super hot stuff. Who's like just the only kid I ever met. But I know other people who say their kids are into hot stuff. You know, Alex there says he's into hot stuff. He's pretty much still a kid. So (laughs) Alex is hot stuff. He is hot stuff. (laughs) Anyway, ladies, check it out. I loved this. I think it was terrific. I'm going to watch it many more times. An hour and 48 minutes with the full credits, but the credits go on for at least 10 minutes. So I think it's more yeah. like an hour 38, really. Uh, but So it's not as long as it may look when you first pop it in, but... <laughs> I really did love this. I once again reminds me of why I love Aquafina so much. She is so funny. 
she's just got this dry acerbic humor that just cracks me up and her, that being mixed with a character who's not cynical like she usually is but instead is like this total like i don't understand what's wrong with you people why don't you just trust everyone and just be nice all the time is kind of a hysterical juxtaposition anyway love this i'm gonna give it nine out of ten female heroes in a disney cartoon that don't require a romantic interest to be cool and awesome and in every way capable of handling their own shit. Thank you very much. Wait, but can we have Fang and Heart be a couple, like an awesome power couple in the second movie? I was movie? for that. No, I was shipping I, that whole movie. the whole time. Totally for that. I was completely saying this is like, that's going to be the way that this would play out if there was a sequel. It's like those two are clearly together now. Yeah, that tension was palpable. I was just trying not to laugh when Chris said it's not as long as you think it is once you pop it in. <laughs> That's not the first time I've said that. 